after further reveal. Let's get it. All right. What's going on, everyone? How's everyone doing? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you? I'm good. Chase is going to come back in here in a second. Um, but we are, yeah, we're going to get started. Um, we hope everyone's having a great, we're a great, uh, great day on the East Coast here. We got a bunch of snow. So. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of snow, a lot of, it feels like wintertime. I'm in for it. I don't know. I've been tired of the the hot summers and all the, the heat waves that have come and gone. So I've been thriving, working from home's nice on days like today so yeah. it's nice to have cold weather and snow and not just cold weather and nothing yeah yeah so, for sure big so fan of that. but um all right well we're gonna we're gonna get into it and kind of just go over what we're gonna talk about yeah and then uh we'll once chase comes back in we'll kind of get started um but just to kind of start it off wrap up some college football because we had you know a crazy weekend and just kind of a uh, crazy time chase is back in welcome yeah chase. we're back um so i'm just going over what we're going to talk about um so we're just going to wrap up some college football nfl wild card lot to talk about there just a crazy weekend in general crazy week of football um some 76ers and flyers updates i think we got some some philly sports to talk about yeah for sure uh and then some sports history on this day facts from ryan yeah of you. i've been vibing on it so you know i just found a couple of weird things that happened on january 16th we can okay. go through a couple all right and then just a couple of random baseball stats i think are fun and then we'll probably end with our classic immaculate grid so. oh i love doing the immaculate grid with everyone i'm excited for that yeah so welcome chase how you doing good how are you guys sorry for the yeah. technical difficulties that's okay. We figured you were coming back on anyway. So uh, for those watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Um, we're trying to go live on Instagram as well. So we'll see if that uh, worked properly. Um, but if it didn't, that's okay. We're still live on YouTube either way. So yeah. excited. First first live show of 2024. Yeah. yeah. So first up, I think we'll just talk about, uh, before we get into college football, I guess, um, if you have us on Instagram, be sure to, if you don't have us on Instagram, AFR Show Pod, be sure to follow uh, we post, we've been posting some reels. Um, one gained some traction, so we were excited about that. And we got some awesome comments. So we really appreciate everyone for commenting. Um, you know, me and Chase as 14-year-old emo girls are really excited um, to hear everything you guys have to say. So there was a lot of good constructive criticism and a lot of good uh, comments. So we appreciate all the feedback, no matter if it uh, is positive or negative. So... Thanks for watching, and we'll be posting more throughout the week. All, All right, right, let's get into it. College football. So Michigan got the win. I think once that matchup became set, everyone wasn't surprised at kind of the reality of that and the game, how the game went. Uh, but now the storylines after it are more of, is Harbaugh going to be in the NFL? Where's a quarterback situation? Who's declaring all that stuff? So um, I want to get kind of your guys' take on where – now, what you think is going to happen? First of all, with Harbaugh, do you think there's a specific job that is attracted to him um, that he might go for now that there's a bunch of other coaches potentially available? Um, and quarterback-wise, is there anyone that stands out for you guys here in this draft? Yeah. Um, I mean, just, I'll let you go first. Yeah, okay. Number one, Harbaugh. Definitely, I think, will end up in the NFL. There's too many good, attractive jobs open. And I think it was too uncertain, his future with Michigan right now especially any pending 
um, you know, action against them if he's going to be suspended and how long that's going to be for. So just makes sense for him to make the jump now with there being at least decent jobs opening. Uh, number two, the quarterbacks. This is tough. Two years ago, I would have said Caleb Williams, no doubt, but he seems like a diva and he wants part of ownership and he just wants all these crazy demands and he didn't play that well. And I get that USC was not a great team this year, but overall, I don't, I don't really feel it. And past that, I think it's going to be a lot of guys who have to sort things out. Like you have to really go through and look at the tape and see what they bring, who could throw, make the throws outside the numbers, who makes good decisions. Obviously, Penix had the hype all year. Jaden Daniels out of LSU had a lot of hype, obviously winning the Heisman. Kind of coming out of nowhere for some people. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of good prospects and maybe people over the next three months are going to get to know these guys very intimately. Yeah, I think you hit the head with all the QBs. Just circling back to Jim Harbaugh, does he want to be in the NFL, I guess, is like a question I have because he was coaching the 49ers, obviously (laughs) took them to the Super Bowl about what is that 10 11 years ago and um i don't know i just feel like there's not a lot of coaches that flip back and forth so i guess my question is like he left the nfl for college and he thrived in there obviously ran into some off the field issues this past season which could redirect him to the nfl but i don't know I, i don't even know if he's is he good enough to be an nfl coach full time i just don't I'm just trying to understand the jump back and forth because we don't always see that a lot. So I, I'm confused. Like if he does go back, is he, is it one of those things where he's just going to go back for a little bit and then go back to college? Um, always been more of a John Harbaugh fan chase versus. Yeah. Him, so, but. well, I have a, I have a hypothetical for you. Let's say okay. Friday, you get a notification on your phone. Mike McCarthy gets the, he gets the paddle and he's out. Now, Saturday morning, you wake up and you get the news that Jim Harbaugh might have an interview with the Cowboys. How does that make you feel? Oh, I don't think I want Jim Harbaugh. I know that we're going to get into it and there's plenty of speculation. Bill Belichick's name's already been thrown around. I I don't know. I feel like I would I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan, but I, I still think I prefer him over Jim Harbaugh. That's yeah. just all first initial take so wouldn't be super thrilled to answer your question no it's not a it's not a needle mover for you no no yeah i would say the same for me but i think there's two there's too many attractive jobs with teams that already have good quarterbacks specifically the chargers if you went there it's a team that already has weapons needs a little retooling but obviously he can he's gonna have control he could probably make this a power move too and grab up some decision-making authority. And if he's able to do that, obviously you'd have to think he's going to tap into some of those Michigan players that he has and bring some of those guys with him. But I think he's going to do this. He's going to make the jump to the NFL. I think there's too much uncertainty, and I don't know why Michigan would want to keep that over their head. And it's a good place to end it. You won the championship. You can leave the door, and no one's offended. Yeah, I agree. I think he's – probably itching to come back i mean he had a pretty successful run for the most part with the 49ers um and then he got a great job for michigan but um, i think just everything that happened this year especially with you know the scandals and you know whether they cheated or not cheated with some of the scouting and all that stuff i think all of it's just leading for him to go to the nfl Um, mccarthy's also going to the nfl so 
it just makes sense. And, you know, I don't, there's a lot of attractive jobs, like you said, out there. So we'll see, we'll see where he goes. Um, I just wanted to touch on what you said, Chase, with Caleb Williams. I actually, in my notes, had that he's a diva <laughs> and wanted to talk about it. So I'm happy that you actually said that too. Um, first of all, he is not someone that I would want to start my franchise around, no matter how much raw talent he has. He just does not seem like a team player um, outside of the high school level and being talented. He really hasn't ever won anything for as hype as he's been. So I don't, I would rather have someone with less skill set and more of a, you know, someone who's not going to put themselves above the rest of their team. So I just, Caleb Williams to me would not be a quarterback I would draft. Like if I'm the Bears, I'm 100% sticking with Justin Fields over Caleb Williams and trading yeah. that. Yeah, I second that. Yeah. And it's not like if Bo Nix was saying all this or Michael Penix, like guys who were in the Heisman discussion over the last two years and really cemented that this year, I could see, you know, I'd probably say the same thing, but, you know, at least they have something to prove to it. It's like Caleb Williams. I'm like, you didn't do anything this past year. It was pretty brutal out there. I mean, the teams you were supposed to beat up on, you could, but the Pac-12 was was a – decent league this year so i think he thought leaving oklahoma he could go in there dominate get a bunch of good nil money but i don't think overall it really worked out to the best of his degree also real quick back to jim harbaugh if he if this would be underrated move but i could see this happening in a in a weird dimension he goes to the seahawks and obviously just drafts jj mccarthy somewhere in there Gets like Roman Wilson also, maybe a few defensive starters that he had, but this the Seahawks would be a sneaky place for him to end up. Plus, he gets a revenge game against the 49ers all the time. I could see it. I feel like a lot of Seattle fans want Penix because he's from Washington and kind of from the area too. Right. But yeah, that would be, the, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and the Seahawks, Geno Smith, he's been nice, but – What's the future there? Is it Drew Locke right. or are you going to take advantage of getting a quarterback? <laughs> Definitely not Drew Locke. Yeah, I don't know how no. Drew Locke on this podcast. And it makes sense with J.J. McCarthy because those other guys are probably going to go pretty early. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams. They could all pretty much go. J.J. McCarthy may not go as high. So the Seahawks might not have to move up. They could probably just stay where they're at or maybe move up two or three spots. Yeah. Instead of trying to get into the top ten, which I don't think you're going to need to with this draft. Yeah. No, agreed. And I mean, on that note, I think, you know, we might as well just roll right into some NFL stuff. Um, we're kind of half talking about some of that anyway. Um, but I guess, first of all, wild card, crazy wild card. Um, Brian, do Weekend, you want to? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to touch on? I mean, first of all, you had some weather related stuff. You had the Bills game getting moved with just a ridiculous yeah. amount of snow. And you had a Chiefs game that was the what third or fourth coldest game on record. Andy Reid's mustache was freezing over. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Perfect conditions for them. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot to unpack. There were a lot of blowouts. I think half yeah. the games are a blowout. First, I just want to really quick start off by once again, Philly fans always get a terrible rap. If I watch one more Buffalo Bills games where fans are literally throwing snow at wide receivers trying to catch balls in the end zone happened twice against the Steelers. It didn't really affect anything, but the fact that it's happening, is just insane that you're trying to affect the game in that way. Ridiculous. But I'm kind of riled up because of the Cowboys game and the horrible, 
horrible first half performance the entire team put on. And just, I mean, Lindsay and I handle it differently. My fiance, you know, she's been the dire Cowboys fan since day one. She's what brought me on board. And I'm not really happy I jumped on board right about now. But um, you'd be in the same place either way. Yeah, I'd be, hey, I'd be in the same place either way. And we'll touch on the Eagles here in a second. But the Cowboys, what the heck happened? No idea. And all I can say is 60 minutes of horrible defensive plays. I mean, if you just look, if Jordan Love makes some good passes, okay, but he did not win that game. Romeo Dobbs, I think, let me pull it up. I think he was six for 151. He's never had more receiving yards in a game than that game. Wide open over the middle, at least three or four of those catches. I mean, Jordan Love can throw a lollipop in there. And then the Musgrave throw, the 38-yard touchdown he had later in the second half, also wide open blown coverage on the Cowboys defense. So just poor defense overall. Offense, first half, I mean, I I don't know what Mike McCarthy was calling, honestly. He's the one thing I've – he's the one person on the Cowboys I've kind of bashed a little bit here and there this season. They seem like – it was like second or third and long is when they would call their run plays. They were trying to force the ball to CD. They weren't on the same page. I just didn't understand what he was calling in his West Coast offense, and it was just frustrating me put – Dak in some bad positions to throw some early picks, but overall, just just a horrible game. Just honestly, just pissed me off. I still don't believe in the Packers. Matt Lafleur bringing Sean Clifford in with six minutes to go in the fourth, up thirty-two, and you somehow let the Cowboys cut the lead in half and then have to put your starters back in. Still think he's a bad coach. I mean, I know some people think otherwise, but the fact the game changer, honestly, for me besides the Cowboys playing poorly, was Aaron Jones. He torches the Cowboys every time he plays them. He's from da- uh, he's from Texas. He rakes down there all the time, over 100 yards, three touchdowns, catches it, runs it. I mean, I, th- I thought he him with the combination of the Cowboys playing bad and bad coaching decisions was what lost in that game. But just, oh, my gosh, just the way they lost is horrible. Ran over. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess the question oh you go ahead chase yeah i was gonna say uh just watching it from an outsider's perspective obviously it was tough to watch a tough to watch game unless you're a packers fan or anyone that hates the cowboys you probably enjoyed this moment but i think from the jump the thing that really did them in was the packers going down and scoring on that first possession i feel like that really set the tone and i don't think the cowboys necessarily went in thinking that they were smelling themselves or overlooking the packers but Something felt like they didn't necessarily prepare the correct way this entire week. Yeah. And uh, this is just an observation about the defense. And I know that in the beginning of the year, your defense is set up a little bit differently. Obviously, you would hope that Leighton Van Der Esch at this point would be playing a bunch of games, and he hasn't been. And a young rookie, Overshone, Damarian Overshone from Texas, a little bit bigger of a body can play the hammer. The problem I noticed with the Cowboys consistently was obviously the Aaron Jones thing, but they were doing it with guys who were 200 pounds. Marquise Bell's definitely a nice player, but for being a linebacker, he's wildly undersized. He has no muscle to him. So when you consider the fact that when you just put out four defensive linemen and basically a mix of six safeties or cornerbacks, and you expect to stop a run game and also cover the – pass plays i think it was a tough position to put those guys in overall 
And uh, for yeah. the Cowboys, uh, Dan Quinn going into this game was getting a lot of head coaching hype, and that was obviously a performance he didn't want to come out and show. But just that perspective and actually that linebacker thing I'm going to bring up with all these other teams that lost. I think they're just – they're undersized, and they're asking their teams to do too much. It was the same thing with the Eagles. Like, they've had very bad linebacking injuries, and they obviously haven't addressed it to the full potential needs. But overall, it seems like there's a big difference in the teams that are built steady up the middle versus the teams that weren't. And I don't think that the Packers necessarily are built like that. If they have a nice linebacker, Quay Walker, he's all right. He's a goon. He's a total goon. But he's not the worst linebacker, and he also brings really good size to their defense. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points. The Packers, I think, I believe, won the toss and elected to receive, and they went right down the field and scored. And you also make a good point with the linebackers. I, I'm trying to think just – I mean, you can consider Micah Parsons a linebacker, right? But he he lines up as, you know, he can stop the run, he can rush the passer, more so or less a smaller defensive end. Um, but, yeah, you make a good point. I mean, you just I'm just trying to think back of recent Cowboys years. I mean, Jalen Smith, he was okay. He came and went late in Van Der Esch, injury problems. Sean Lee was there for a while. Got older, injury problems. I mean, you just, they've been cycling through. They haven't had a solid guy, let alone two. We talked about the Ravens, two great linebackers. Cowboys haven't had one solid, healthy guy that's been out there for like three or four straight years. And maybe that's something they need to solidify going forward. I mean, it helps. I mean, Stefan Gilmore wasn't 100%. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs wasn't out there. So your secondary is banged up, but everyone's is. I mean, Jair Alexander was coming into the game with a rolled ankle on the other side. Hate him, by the way. So, yeah. Not, by the not way, that game. Go ahead. By the way, C.D. Lamb and the Alexander matchup. Alexander was definitely shadowing him. Felt like a lot in the first few series, but then after that, C.D. Lamb was definitely not drawing Alexander for a lot of plays, especially at the end of the first half. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I don't know why the Cowboys didn't. Anytime that Alexander wasn't lined up on him, I would have just run to C.D. Lamb. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm gonna challenge your other corners. Like obviously Alexander, he's a top cornerback, but I would challenge every other Packers cornerback at that point. And then I feel like it would open up a little bit more for Ferguson. But yeah, it just felt like they got off to a bad start and then had to consistently throw all the time, and they couldn't get the wrong game going. And... Yep. Yeah. So I'm gonna be the one to ask it. I know your issue isn't with Dak. But here we are. We're eight, we're eight years into Dax being the starter, starting quarterback. Yeah, two and five in the playoffs, two wins. He hasn't gotten past pretty much. I think he's got both wins are divisional round wins, wild card round, wild card round. Yes, he he's still your guy. Yes, a hundred percent. He's going to be thirty one next year. Like yep. I, I'm asking you, at what point do you accept this is you're fine with how this this is? Tony Romo only got two wins. Now you got Dak Prescott only gotten two wins. And I think Dak's better than Tony Romo. I agree. I I would say Dak has more capabilities than Romo. I just, I'm just wondering at what point do you, what point are you settling for what's happening? Like, I feel like. I think I I know Dak's a very likable guy. So it's hard. He's not someone who's like, you know, who's super cocky. Like, he's a likable person person yes. so it's i know it's harder to go against someone like that yeah who's, like you got like if i had aaron Rodgers on the jets just go sounding off doing his thing on pat mcafee every week and then like he's just not performing you know okay it's it's easy to kind of say give him the boot 
but you got Dak, who's you know well respected around the league. He's liked by a lot of people, but the job just isn't getting done, and it's not all his fault. But a lot of times it falls on the quarterback. So it's it's a genuine question as to what where is like the breaking point of trying to get on, move on. I mean, you go twelve and five. The people that are calling for a total rebuild are crazy because you don't just go from a twelve and five team to a total rebuild. You don't do that in general. Yeah, but. I don't know. I'm just, it's just curious. I don't think I wouldn't replace him like year one, but like at what point are like, are they starting to see if Trey Lance behind the scenes can, if they can groom him in like two years? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about Trey Lance. I mean, he had his short stint. Uh, we got a comment about McCarthy being totally overrated. I mean, he's, he won what one Super Bowl um, with his time with Aaron Rodgers. I know we've t- talked on that on other shows. Um, another comment just dropped in um, about Michael Gallup being totally underrated. I mean, I mean, a bunch of comments dropping. Obviously, we have some Cowboys fans listening. And running back-wise, I mean, just to touch on all this, yeah, Michael Gallup's underrated. I think, Ben, to answer your question first, I don't think you move on from Dak. I mean, I'm just trying to think of examples like, Philip Rivers was he was on the Chargers forever. They never won anything. I mean, right? But don't you want to win? <laughs> like, I don't... yes, but I think he can win. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying to think of situations like there's not there's no better option out there until <laughs> they're sitting in their number twenty whatever position draft spot this upcoming April, and then all of a sudden one of these seven quarterbacks is sitting there. Then you have a decision. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, do you I mean, take what... a guy and force Dak Prescott to make a decision, either elevate your game or we're going to trade you, or do you waste that there, or do you get a skill position guy? I mean, there's a lot to shake out. Yeah, listen, I, I will tell you, I would trust whatever whoever the Cowboys draft because they've hit plenty in recent years, like some big hits. I know not all are hits, but they've had some good ones. But I'll tell you, coaching aside, because they're going to have to plug. The McCarthy spot, if he doesn't come back, I, I, they're going to have to figure something out. I don't have the answer for that. Here's what you do. You bring in Derrick Henry. This is yeah. how you solve all the problems. I mean, Pollard's not a number one. I don't know. They gave up on the CQ. They could have re-signed him for a one-year deal. He had a great year in New England. He played the whole season. I think he missed maybe one game. I wouldn't say he had a great year. He had a good year. He had an okay year. As for the number two behind Ramondre Stevenson for most of the year, and when he was the number one, he was about as good of a number two for a five and twelve team you can ask for. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys who have gone to the Patriots on a one-year deal and vanished, such as Juju Smith. Like, there's a list. Yeah, I think Z kind of Z kind of broke out of that role a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. enough to get himself a place next year somewhere. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. maybe That's back fair. with the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. No, it was just, it, I'm not, you know, it's just, he's like the opposite of Eli Manning to me. He's amazing in the regular season and then he hasn't done anything in the postseason. Whereas Eli looks like garbage in the regular season and they would always just sneak in barely as the last seed. And then all of a sudden he would pull something out of his hat. I mean, last year they literally beat Tom Brady, knocked him out in his last game ever. And then they had a tough matchup against the 49ers, one of the best defenses in the league. And came down to the wire. I think they're right there. Yeah, that was – was that the weird play? Yes, Ben, it was the weird play. Okay. Oh, yeah, when Zeke got hit by a bus. 
No, no, where they lined no, up. No, when they sl- when Dak ran up the middle and slid. Oh and... yeah, slid, and they ran out of time. The year before was when they ran the weird play where they set up with like two guys, right, or something. It was just Zeke had the block, and he just got a nine. Oh, oh yeah, that was the weird play, the last play of the okay. game where Zeke had the block like. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to just be like an offensive lineman, I guess. Yeah. And it literally looked like someone put a box of C4 in his lap and lit the fuse. Yeah. So, no, but I mean, I, you know, there's a lot to talk about for them, and they'll have to figure some stuff yeah. out. And I don't think they're going to just move on from Dak. I just – it's worth, you know – Yeah. You know, it's you don't – and to anyone who says to rebuild, that you don't do that after that type yeah. of year either. So, yep. I mean, we, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, draft the running back in the fourth, five, six type around. I, that would be a great move. And also, comment from Lindsay saying Dak didn't give up 48 points. I mean, she makes a good point. He did throw a pick six, and there was another pick, I think, deep in their own territory. So, essentially, 10 to 14 points you could put on him and the offense, but the defense was absolute garbage yeah. that game. So, let's move on. That was. Yeah. A lot of time. Hopefully, hopefully, ever anyone listening didn't drop just because they hate the Cowboys that much. No. But but yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk about some other games. So we will quickly just Chiefs did their thing. Um, I don't think I'm surprised that the Chiefs, you yeah. know, turned it up a little bit in the playoffs, and the Dolphins didn't. That's kind of what we all expected, especially in the weather it was. So we don't need to touch on that too much. NFL gets their game that they wanted. Yep. Chiefs Bills round three. Yeah. And in Tom Brady fashion, Mahomes always has home games in the playoffs. This will be the first time ever, believe it or not, he'll be on the road. Good. Not counting neutral sites in Super Bowl. So they have to go to Buffalo. Obviously, the cold doesn't affect them that much. Might but... be some more snow, though. We're getting yeah. some Friday. I think they are, too. Yep. So, so I'm just that. super pumped that he finally has to go on the road. Yeah. Josh Allen yeah. has to slide. He has to learn how to slide. Then dude, he's not going to. Dude's going to get just destroyed at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, I want to definitely touch on the Texans-Browns game because the Browns were favored going into that game. I think we touched on it at the end of the show last week, right? Yeah. yeah the Browns were favored on the road against the Texans, and the Texans just absolutely unpants them and spanked them. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. I like Joe Flacco, but I said if we had to face him, we would pretty much do the same exact thing. So I think it was a matter of time before somebody did it to him. And the Browns are hurt. They have a lot of, you know, if they had Nick Chubb, if they had Deshaun Watson, I guess. I don't really want to hype that up. But if they had Nick Chubb, they would definitely be in a better position right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, their they, defense is really good. They said they were the first team ever, I think, to make the playoffs without your starting right tackle, left tackle, QB1, and RB1. So <laughs> Yeah, and they, they lost their backup right tackle too. So they lost yeah. a lot of depth. Uh, you know, all across their offensive yeah. line. So, obviously, I'm bringing up the Texans for a specific reason. They make a road trip this weekend to Baltimore to face the Ravens. So, a rematch of week one, I believe, this year. So, if you go back and play that tape, I was a little bit caught, a little bit cautious of the Texans then. Obviously, now I'm concerned because it's a very good team. C.J. Stroud is an archer back there. There's really nothing he's afraid of. He can stand in the pocket, whip it, make some unbelievable throws, Nice arm angles, a lot of the stuff you saw at Ohio State. But the Ravens have an excellent record against rookie quarterbacks, and I don't know what their record is against rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs, and I have to imagine it's pretty good. So 
overall, I think that the Ravens should be okay. Should be okay. As long as we don't go into this game, you know, overlooking them. But I think that they realize that the Texans are a pretty dangerous team. We have a lot of good film on them because we already played them this year. So, you know, just, uh, just a little nugget right there. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I think, um, you know, oh, and a comment here just about um, Jason Kelty. We didn't, we'll talk about the Eagles now. So, Jason oh, yeah. Kelty retiring. Um, Julia asked if Jason Kelsey's retirement is going to impact Travis in any way this week. Um, that's a good point. I don't know if he'll get, I don't think it will impact him, but who knows if that has an adverse effect um, on his psyche. Um, but yeah, Jason Kelsey retiring for the Eagles um, after obviously a Hall of Fame career, probably one of the best centers to do it. Um, just a likable, likable dude. You guys met him. So that's also pretty cool. Um, but yeah, congrats to, to Jason and um, yeah, unfortunate for the Eagles, but yeah, we can talk about the Bucks too. And Baker just kind of, you know, yeah. making everyone forget that uh, Brady was a quarterback last year. Baker, first off, Baker is proving why everyone said it was all Brady, not Belichick, because Brady went to the Bucks and obviously won the Super Bowl, and Belichick kind of crumbled in New England. But Baker is proving that this Bucks team is legit. I mean, just from they still have the same running back, their top two wide receivers. Vita Vey is in the middle, clogging things up, stuffed a push push at the at twice. The, yeah. This year. Twice he's done that. Yeah. And I mean, just they're talk about linebackers, Chase. Shaq, yes. Shaq Barrett, and and David are are nice. And they've been there throughout it. And it's just, I mean. Bakes was throwing some great balls, and it's just – I don't know. Brady went there and won a Super Bowl. Of course he had to, but it was a really good team. And obviously Brady picked the Bucks for a reason, and now Bakes is having success too. But and for the Eagles, you know, being I still root for them, I honestly didn't feel that bad because I spent 24 hours just getting trashed on for <laughs> every Eagles fan making fun of the Cowboys for getting blown out. And then literally you go down to Tampa Bay – and you look like absolute poop. Like you're proving Nick Sirianni's probably not the guy and um, how much they heavily relied on A.J. Brown too throughout the season. Without him, like they just completely fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, and we got uh, a comment from someone on Instagram asking if the Packers are still sneaking in. Um, this is someone who commented on one of our reels, so we appreciate you watching. Um, no, they're they're you know they're a legitimate team now and they're going to – um, you know, we'll see what happens next week. I still don't – I still think they kind of just got lucky in what happened with the game. Um, I don't believe But they the did Packers. just sneak in because they got they were a seven seed. So, yeah, they did sneak in. Three years ago, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Yeah. So Because there was no seven seed. Yeah. I don't – I mean, they have performed yeah. expectations. That just happens in the playoffs, but they still snuck yeah. in. So, we appreciate yeah. the comment and the, the watch as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks for reaching out and sorry that I don't believe in the Packers still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Packers are winning because none of the Packers fans want them to win. <laughs> so this is what you get, Packers land. Yeah. 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 But, and then I think last week, the only game we didn't really touch on, Rams-Lions, they're really only the co close game in the wild card, 24-23. Um, you got the storyline there, Goff and Stafford. The biggest thing for me – First of all, Lions get their first home game in, what, 31 years, I think. Yeah. And now they get a second home game. So that's pretty cool for yeah. them. 
I didn't like them. I know it's a home game. I know it's the first game in 31 years. I didn't like them booing Stafford because, yes, it's it's the first home game. I get all that. But Stafford, like, that dude gave everything he had for the that, those Lions team. I mean, yeah. he was like – And he was traded. Yeah, and he was one of the toughest, like, dudes as they come. Like, I mean, he was trying to play through every injury he could. Um, so I didn't particularly like that. But anyway, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of emotions there just to get a home game. I mean, people, 31 years, a long time. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. saw, I saw there's a, there was like a 66 year season ticket holder. They were showing Eminem was in the stands. Like Detroit was definitely a win. Detroit doesn't have a lot of success in sports. And we all know about the Pistons right now. So I'm, ha- I'm happy for them. Yeah. Miss, oh, yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys watching the game, but the hit when when um, Stafford got literally hit by two different two different defensive linemen and then stepped on by a third, they didn't throw a flag, and then I'm like, what? I feel like Stafford never gets called. He gets just he was getting destroyed out there. Like Hutchinson and them were all just teeing off. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. Uh... No, deserving, deserving for the lines, and I mean. Low-key rooting for them now. It'd be cool to see them win another game, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just want to touch back on uh, Baker Mayfield real quick because I feel like this is the first time he's really actually playing like the Baker Mayfield that was at Oklahoma. You know, that type player. And not for nothing, both times when he was at Texas Tech, he lost his job. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is coming in. And he walked on at Texas Tech, transferred to Oklahoma as a preferred walk-on, had to win the job. So twice he went to two... Two big time programs and won the job. Not for nothing. I feel like that's pretty impressive. There's not that many guys that have that kind of grit now to do that. They transfer now expecting that they get the job, and Baker did it without it. And obviously, we know he was the number one pick and went to Cleveland, and they obviously did Cleveland things there and didn't help anyone and in their situation. So it's nice to see that he's actually getting the praise that he deserves and making, you know, just playing to the player that you thought he could be being a top pick in the draft and not just kind of like a cast off guy. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point with the bucks too, I'm glad for Todd Bowles. I like, I like Bowles. I liked him as a jets coach. Um, I just, he didn't really have a great jets team when he was there. I don't think that was anything, you know, of his doing Um, just kind of not the right time. So I'm happy that Mm -hmm. he got another opportunity and he's doing a great job with that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Mike Evans too. We got to touch on this. He's the first guy ever in NFL career ten years, a thousand yards every single year. Like that's outrageous. What kind of production? You know, yeah. no one's do. No one does that. No, unreal. And I know, like, I think about him, and I feel like he's missed time. But like, I didn't realize it's actually ten years straight, a thousand yards every single time. Yeah, that's yeah. so impressive. Yeah. QBs have come and gone through there. Yeah. He had Brady for three of them, but there's seven of them where he didn't. And he had Jameis Winston drunkly throwing an interception or a great pass every single time. Yeah. Probably Josh Freeman in there. I don't even know. But yeah. Yeah, Josh Freeman. Uh probably Ryan Fitzpatrick too. Because sure. he was a, he was in there with Winston. But yeah, by the way, Ryan, you brought it up. They're linebackers. If you want a prototypical defense, you get 350-pound Vita Bay in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then uh, then behind them, you have Levante David, who was on a one-year deal probably at the end of his career. Last night was making outrageous open field tackles, caught Kenny Gainwell from behind. And then you have Devin White, yep. who's 245 oh, yeah, pounds, yep. 
245 pounds, runs a 4-3-40, can catch anything and everything and hit it with fours. I mean, if I was the Cowboys, yeah, I would want a one of those two guys in my middle of the defense. Someone that's just going to bring the wood and knock you out every single time they get their hands on you. Yeah, this I is mean, that's, that's beef. Fourth year in the league, so he's, he's got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, he's, he's good. Yeah, He's a good football player. Yeah. I mean, we're we're kind of jumping all around here, but Baker Mayfield, Chase, I want to make a point. He when he was in Cleveland, he was doing all like those progressive commercials. And I saw something last night that he's had like I think it was eight coaches so far. Yeah. He hasn't been in the league that long. And I think like he really got his swagger back when he went to the Rams last year. And Sean McVay, who I, I think Sean McVay's I don't really like him as a guy, but I think he's a good coach. And when Bakes was playing there and they were a bad team and they won a, a game or two and he's headbutting guys without his helmet on and he's just going nuts and then he gets his starting job, all the confidence in the world. And to Ben's point, Todd Bowles is a good coach. And I think he found a home. I, I think the Bucks. I mean, that Bucks lions game, that's going to be a good game. I'm really excited to watch that game. Yeah. So. yeah. He has a lot of redemption for both teams. I mean. All right. Well, yeah. And I hope you guys appreciated that. I talked a lot of NFL there. So we'll move on quick. A um, couple of Philly sports. I don't know if you wanted to touch on the Sixers. Uh, Sixers kind of where they're at quick. And then we'll wrap it up here with some uh, two more quick segments before we get into our immaculate grid. So we don't keep everyone too long as well. Yeah. Yeah, just a, just a real quick update because obviously Embiid's missed a lot of games for the 76ers. You know, we're big Sixers fans here, minus this Nick guy. Uh, Chase, you and I have been riding them since day one. And, you know, Embiid came back for the MLK 1 p.m. matinee game, dropped a clean 41-10 and 10 after missing. Um, he basically been in and out of the lineup a good part of the last month. Um Came back in, got his, I think it's his 16th or 17th straight 30 plus 10, 30 plus point, 10 rebound game. Absolutely dominating. And he's missed a bunch of games. But I just want to point out, I know the East isn't that strong this year. The Sixers are 25 and 13. They're still third place in the Eastern Conference. The third place. And a lot of these games this past month, they haven't had him beat. So you're thinking Maxi and Tobias Harris, you're one and two. The Anthony Melton's been in and out of the lineup. Robert Covington's been out of the lineup. You know, more injuries than just the Ubre from early in the season than the MB now. They've been a lot of adversity. Just shows how great of a coach Nick Nurse has been playing. Talk about it. Don't want him to do anything crazy. I know we're going to start getting closer to the trade deadline for the NBA. So we'll see what happens. But the Sixers have been hanging in there. And the only honestly thing that I want them to to do and I, they didn't do it last year and it was because they had Harden too I know but Tobias Harris needs to be getting 10 to 15 shots a game at least 10 shots when I look at a box score yeah they beat the Rockets yesterday but he's three for seven from the field why is he getting seven shots when he just dropped back-to-back 30-point games a couple weeks ago I know he's the third score out there in the starting lineup where Embiid and Maxi pick and roll all day long but he needs to get 10 to 15 shots, especially if they don't make any crazy moves, get him more shots. Um, the only other comment I really wanted to make in the NBA, because I know Embiid's missed a lot of games, and a couple years ago, NBA is trying to make it more exciting, so they start the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. This year they have the NBA in-season tournament, which is even dumber. And also, they also came up with this 65-game rule where you have to play in 65 games – 
at least 20 minutes in 65 games to be eligible for in-season tournaments. First of all, it's the dumbest thing ever. If you play 64 games and you're the MVP of the league, you should be MVP of the league. Like, I just, I get they don't want players to rest to rest, but injuries happen. It's a long 82-game season. It's a toll on these guys, especially the big guys. Every big guy's injury prone in the NBA. I don't care what anyone says. And it's just, it's just a really dumb rule. I know MB doesn't care about it. I frankly don't care about it because at this point I just want him to win. But it's a stupid rule on top of the in-season tournament that they added both this year. But overall, happy with the Sixers, and that's just kind of my insight on that. Yeah, I agree with all those points. Uh, hopefully with the guys being out, they build good rotations and guys just get familiar. And if and if there is an injury, you're used to playing down a guy or down a position. So it doesn't seem great, but hopefully this does mean a bigger impact for the playoffs. But yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Sounds good. Yeah, I won't really touch on the Knicks. They, Brunson's been out, so they have been struggling a little bit, but no surprise there. Um, so do you guys want to touch on the Flyers at all, how they've been playing? Kind of roll around with um, with a different one, different uh, – Yeah, well, I mean, since we dumped that quitter Gautier, uh, it seems it's really galvanized the locker room and, uh, you know, just added fuel to this team. And they're obviously showing they don't want to fold up and just play for the number one pick. They want to – be competitive and that's you wouldn't expect anything less from a John Tortorella team and playing really well of late a lot of impressive wins and doing it uh, especially in games that have gone to overtime they've been able to squeak those out and get those points and those are meaningful points at this point in the season and uh you know a lot of the younger players are really showing up and scoring threats and the team has been staying relatively healthy and the addition of Jamie Drysdale I think is just going to have an imprint all year as long as he can stay healthy I mean he's a right shot defenseman I brought up last week you don't really find a lot of those guys who can do what he does and skate the way he does I mean he skates like an elite forward and he's a defenseman so the way he can shift move the puck and set guys up for better positions on power plays legitimately the Flyers their power play has sucked for like 20 years they've had moments Claude Giroux a little bit better and even back to the Richards and Carter days, it was a little more solid. But up till this point, I haven't really been confident in the team. And especially going into a shootout, I had no faith in the Flyers. If I had to put money on the Flyers every single time for a shootout the last 15 years, I would bet against them so hard it's not even funny. And you probably make a lot of money doing that, and there would be times where the Flyers would win. But overall, I feel like statistically, they were dog in, in, that, uh, in that respect. So. Annoyingly for the Flyers, I feel this in the, you know, shout out to the Packers fans. You want your team to lose and they don't, they refuse to lose. So I, I feel that vibe right now with the Flyers, but it's good because in the long run, there are a lot of young guys in this team and it's good, It's only going to mean good things for the for the future. So, by the way, Matt Bay, Michkov update. He has the most points, uh, you know, overall average in a game than anyone ever in a Russian league. So. Obviously, that speaks a lot. You've had some killers come out of Russia recently. We don't have to go through the list. You know who they are. But Matvey Michkov, he's a shark in Russia, and he's just lurking. So whenever he gets that that green light to come over for the Flyers, you know it's game time. Wow. Yeah, I'm pumped. That's awesome. I had to hear, too, how well he's doing over there. So Yeah. Yes. And so, and just breaking news, I just saw um, 
here as we kind of end the podcast and wrap it up before we do the Immaculate Grid. Um, UFC announcement for UFC 300. Chase, you probably haven't seen oh, it. Oh, no. Um, so UFC announcement, UFC 300 for the BMF title, Gaethje Holloway five-round fight. Okay. I don't so, hate it. I feel like that's I a good fight. That. Yeah, I just I saw a well, I feel a little. I feel a little unexpected. I feel like I haven't... Uh... Can't say I've been picturing Holloway and Gaethje as a matchup in the last few months, but yeah, I mean yeah. it's good. I mean, good. how do you feel about it? I mean, it's guaranteed to be a good fight. They're just gonna stand up and um, I, mean, I feel like it's been a while since Holloway's been in the cage. I don't know the last time he's actually been in there, so I'm excited to see him fight again. Yeah, uh, maybe it hasn't. Been. It just feels like it has been. What do they say? What weight this is at? Is this middleweight fight? Um, that is a good... lightweight. Um, if it's, it's at lightweight, I definitely have a little cause for concern. You know, Holloway has been a 145 mainstay, and anytime he's gone up, lightweight, it's a lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I feel like last time, I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like last time he went up and fought Poirier, he got the brakes beaten off of him by Poirier. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if the weight's a big difference, and Gaethje's a little bit different. Obviously, he's more violent than anything. So. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, gonna be a striker. Of, it's gonna be a boxing match for sure. Just want to end on that, um, as we I kind of saw that as we're going here, and we'll talk more about some of those big UFC cards as we get into the new year. The first uh, smaller one happened this past year, but um, so yeah, I think we'll kind of wrap that one up. Yeah. So we appreciate everyone for watching, um, listening, and stick around because we're about to do the Immaculate Grid. So, yes, right. this is easily the moment you've all been waiting for. For and, sure. And some comments dropped in about being hyped for the Holloway Gaethje fight in UFC 300. So, I'm yeah. excited. I have to watch that card. I haven't watched, sat down and watched the UFC card in. Well, that'll be 300. And there's, there's rumors. I don't know if you've seen Chase, but there's rumors about Khabib, and I don't believe it. No, I don't believe that either. There's rumors <clears throat> happening. No. Also, Bellator and PFL, uh, they're doing their merger. They announced their card, and uh, it's a pretty loaded, obviously, champ for champ matchups all the way through. So, uh, okay. you know, everyone. And a returning favorite, a favorite of the AFR show, uh, no other than Yoel Romero. Oh. will be making his return back into the cage. Obviously, if you like to see a freak specimen of a person, probably genetically modified human. Uh, you know, Yoel Romero is where it's at. For sure, definitely in the lab. Yeah. 